0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Two Idiots Podcast. I am Randy. Hi, I'm Reg. Hi, Reg. And today we are joined by the immaculate, the great, the the high priest himself, Mr. Chris. <laughs>
1: Lord of Lords.
2: Bend <laughs> the knee. Yeah. <laughs> Man of uh, How you it's doing today, buddy? Foods. I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on.
1: You bet. The very first guest of the Two Idiots podcast of yes, all time sir. is Chris Lutz, and he's back again for a record tying third time. Welcome.
2: Right on. It's record tying, eh?
0: Mm-hmm. It's well, a can 3 plays you beat. Yeah, you're an elite.
2: Company. Oh yeah, yeah. Right on. Yep. Yep. So welcome
1: back, Chris. It's uh, it's been a hot minute since you were back here, but uh, things have changed. Things have changed. Indeed. You're, you're, Such as. You're on a- You're on another path. You. (laughs) 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 We're exactly the same. We're just the hot garbage podcast that we've always been. Basically. uh... (music) We interrupt this episode to bring you breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawn Mower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada.
0: This new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we're one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code idiots at manscaped.com.
1: Worldwide worldwide i'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and i'm blown away by the performance the craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level honestly i never thought i would ever be promoting the craftsmanship of a trimmer um but (laughs) their advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if manscaped worked with elon musk's engineers to ensure your testes are as safe as possible high praise
0: that is high praise very much high praise now Again, fellas, we've all been there. We, you know, we we've nicked ourselves, you know, and trimming your balls in general. I think it's good. I think it's you know <laughs> keeps the odors down. You know, it doesn't become cumbersome. do will get tangles. You ever tangle a pubic <laughs> hair? It ain't fun. Yeah,
1: it's the worst.
0: Yeah, it ain't fun. Okay, so what makes this trimmer different than all the other trimmers? A new multifunction on/off switch can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel. Ooh. The lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn on the 4,000 k. This is a bright-ass light, people. LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 to 4. And looks-wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish. Even features a hot foil-stamped black chrome Manscaped logo. Show that mower off loud and proud, baby. Yeah, and with
1: those guards, you can get the perfect fade on your... (laughs) your your crotch shave the optimized lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof so you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor did i mention wireless charging Uh, i I didn't but here we go the lawnmower (laughs) 4.0's new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic electromagnetic induction so fancy i can't even say it which can help the battery length last longer
0: if you're still trimming your face as your ball trimmer, it's time to make some changes. Yeah, get 20% boy. off and free shipping with the code idiots at manscaped.com. No person <laughs> wants to end up with pubes in their mouth and your balls will thank you.
1: <laughs> you're welcome, significant others. Uh, so treat yourself and the, per- the special person in your life by going to manscaped.com where you get 20% off and free shipping with the code idiots at manscaped.com. That is... off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code IDIOTS, ID I O T S. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. But now, uh, now we get to discuss your new career
2: path, kind of what's going on with that, and, uh,
1: you know, the good old, the little Chris Lutz that we know and love.
2: Yes. Well, uh, like you said, you know, things change, but at the same time, it feels like, um, the change is only the things that have fallen away that don't belong to you anymore. You know, just mm-hmm. the things that you, the paths that you wanted to take for a long time. That's just been, it's been present for years and everything else has just kind of crumbled away. So that, that is represented as change, but it's more or less just stepping into the, uh, the path that you've seen before you. Uh, okay. So it's like any change in life. Yeah. 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 Essentially. Yeah. Cause you know, like I'm still the exact same person, but mm-hmm. it's just, um, you know rearranging your life to do the things that you want to do and to and follow your heart into the direction that you want to want to take it
1: for sure and frankly we all have things that uh, i'm sure we would like to do that we don't for whatever reason so all the power two are props to you for taking that step so Mm -hmm. on that note um so basically you recently quit a career um or quit where you were working where you and I work together and I'm very sad yeah. I, miss, I miss you every- <laughs> um,
2: hey, I miss you and everyone else as well I didn't get to work with Randy but maybe one know, of those days you don't want to he smells funny yeah.
1: awful. <laughs> 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 but no um so yeah basically you, you're now moving into your own kind of self business like your own your own homemade sort of project so let's uh let's Discuss that a little bit. What's what's the plan? What what do you, you do in these days, Chris? What's what's getting you up out of bed every morning?
2: Well, what I did was I, I created a service. It's called Spirit Council. Mm-hmm. And what it is is that um, I work one-on-one with individuals who are looking to pretty much improve themselves or kind of work through the the thresholds and boundaries that they feel within themselves. Because uh, over the years, that's essentially what um, our life has, been, has become. We've uh, continually been faced with challenges over and over and over again. And some of the times we get stagnant in these challenges. We feel uh, overwhelmed, stressed out. Uh, A lot of people in the world, and I'm not even talking about the COVID factor, have been feeling a high level of stress, anxiety. Mental health has been a big one over the last number of years. And that's because on a worldwide scale, I feel what's been going on with our society over the centuries and uh, millennia is that we've been kind of um, living in disharmony with ourselves, living in disharmony with, with the planet, and this is represented inside of us as an, as an internal friction. We're feeling, um, we're feeling a high level of anxiety at all times. Like a lot of people are struggling to, just to get out of bed every day. And we, we all put on a face and a mask just to, just to get there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the amount of drug overdoses, uh, drug abuse, um, the suicide rate, all of these things have been phenomenally high in the last number of years, and that's because everybody's been overwhelmed with these, uh, internal feelings that they can't quite process. And so all of us tend to complain about everything, you know, like we're very, uh, we observe the, the outside world. And a lot of us just like to complain about it, but it, it gets to a point where the compl- we, we realize complaining doesn't do anything about it. So at some point we actually have to start taking some positive action and actually address these issues and get to the core of what it really is. And for sure.
1: So then what, and what, what, uh, what do you attribute the, the heightened anxiety, or, or or I guess it's not necessarily heightened if that's sort of what we've always kind of dealt with, but uh, from your perspective, I guess, as a, as a now a counselor, what do you attribute that to?
2: What I see it as is uh, we're living in disharmony with the natural path that our spirit wants us to go. Uh, I feel, feel a little bit of a background to this, I suppose. Uh, first and foremost is that each and every one of us on the planet is a spirit. We're a soul. We come, we, we existed before this human body this, this lifetime and will continue to exist after it. And we continue to come to earth over and over and over again, incarnate over and over for the overall expansion and growth of the soul so that you become a, a more wise soul, a knowledge soul, you experience more and more and you, you bring on different sets of challenges and every time you incarnate onto the planet, you set out like a theme for yourself. You can almost call it a destiny, a purpose, uh, a path that you want to take. And, on our on our path that we're walking you know we we go from a baby we start to be a toddler and move up up in the years the path starts to uh, present itself more and more you start to see exactly the things you're interested in the path you you want to go you feel it as an inner urge like an inner an inner feeling an inner gauge telling you that I should be going this way with my life and I feel the anxiety the friction that we feel inside is when we actually stop walking off that path feel like our soul is telling us to go one way but we with our mind are saying no i'm gonna try this or do that or you just get stagnant and you become depressed and anxious and you just kind of uh, don't live the inner urges of your heart because most of the time your heart is urging you to step outside of your comfort zone right all every single time there's a period of growth it's because you've stepped outside of yourself and kind of open up a bigger door so the biggest thing that i see that's going on in the planet is a lot of us um don't really uh, take the steps um, that our inner self is telling us to take. And I feel the longer that we let that go on in life, the longer uh, we're going to slip into a, a worse state. Right.
0: You can almost equate it to like, to me, it sounds like the pull of when, you know, your guts telling you to do one thing, but it's like your brain says, well, this is the safe route though. So let's do this.
2: Right. That's right. Yeah. Because all of us have it. Every single person has, has like an inner, I call it like the golden compass guiding us a certain direction. And if we continually follow that path, it's always going to take us in a periods of, uh, stepping outside of our comfort zone, Mm -hmm. but that is the path that our soul wants us to take. And when we take those, those steps and follow that path, we're going to feel that wholeness, that full, that fulfilling, um, yeah, you won't have any emptiness within, within, within you, because, uh, the biggest thing that I've noticed with a lot of people is, they have a hollowness to them. They don't feel full. They feel kind of uh, like they're dragging their feet every step they take. And um, it doesn't need to be that way. Life doesn't need to be lived that way. We're not meant to come here onto this planet just to suffer like this. You know, the only experience that we should be going for is what our heart is telling us to go for. Not what anybody else says, regardless of how it looks or what people are going to think of you or the if you feel you don't have the confidence for it. That's the reason why your soul is telling you to go this way so that you can develop confidence you become a a self-sustaining um person without needing to rely on anybody else you're self-governing um and all of these beneficial things that come along with that so every single time you do something outside of your comfort zone it's it's nerve-wracking it's it's uh it's daunting it's you're gonna lose sleep over it but when you do it it's the most exciting feeling in the world you put your hands above your head you're screaming with joy and it's rewarding and you kind of have to continue to do that your entire life because that's all there really is to do on this planet i mean we weren't born to
1: you switching to your to this like from from a a fairly stable as most people would expect you know stable type career type thing to moving to this is, is basically exactly that that uh you know moving forward jumping into the abyss and seeing what's what but the question i'm getting to what um so when you're talking about reincarnating and spirits and souls and that they exist forever and always and, and everywhere what what are you basing that notion on like what where did you learn that what's what's sort of your your methodology to determine that
2: well growing up as a young kid i've always felt there was more than meets the eye that there's a there's just a, a grand mystery beyond what we can perceive here and as i got older um, i started to look at the world around me and just to see how everybody's drinking and abusing drugs and lost and depressed and just all of that kind of stuff as a package deal the whole world it looks like it's it's in chaos and into my teen years I started to get severely depressed about this started looking around like what is this life really all about what is the purpose of all of this why are we here why did it why was I born into this planet that is just uh looks like everyone's suffering and no one's no one knows what's going on and this this is this is what's termed as a spiritual awakening. Uh, it's kind of two sides of the same coin. Uh, I've noticed this with a lot of people around the world who experience a spiritual awakening. They go through a severe period of depression, and it gets to a point where you kind of hit that rock bottom, and you have an epiphany of sorts. You have an experience. At, for everybody, it's very individual, but you have an experience that kind of shows you uh, beyond the threshold of our reality to see that there is a spirit world out there. And that's actually our home. And that's where we come from. That's base camp, you know, and incarnating onto an earth-like planet or a planet like earth is essentially like we're renting this physical body as like a rental vehicle, you know, like the soul, your personality, everything about you is the operator of the vehicle. You come into the body just to experience uh, what you need to experience and to grow. And you've done this, we've all done this multiple, multiple, multiple times, but in my case, uh i st- i had a few epiphanies just in- it's all internal and it led to a, a path of, of healing because uh, all of us in our aura we have like um it's almost like inner baggage like like i explained how a lot of people kind of walk around like they're dragging their feet yeah. it's literally because inside of us we're holding on to like past traumas whether this inter- intergenerational traumas, um uh you know belief systems that we've gotten into from children like uh like we talked about this on the other episodes about um feeling like, you know, like as a young, as a young child, say a baby, you give a gift to a baby, right? How many times have you seen the baby uh, play with the box and not the actual item itself? (laughs) Right. You know, you know, they're more excited about the box, right? Just like a, like an animal, right. But as we get older, you know, we watch commercials and TV and things like that. And they kind of tell you that you can't, you're, you're not a happy person. You're already a happy person, but they convince you that you're not a happy person unless you have this item. Yeah. unless you have this or you, or you drive this vehicle or you live in this neighborhood. And you know, what, those are the kind of things that happen as we get older. now you need to buy the big truck and the big, all the toys and all that kind of thing. And can, they've convinced you that you feel lesser than if you don't have these items. So, so I see a lot of people in the world constantly buying items, never feeling fulfilled, buy, 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 spend, 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 never feeling anything internally fulfilling. So to kind of take it back to this, like, Uh, for myself, like I had all those belief systems in me as well. So I spent a period of years of uh, working on myself, uh, looking through different healing modalities. Meditation was a big one that helped with that. Uh, But ultimately it led to me for uh, going to do the ayahuasca trip. And during the ayahuasca experience, you literally break through that threshold and go back to the spirit world from where we all come from. You see it firsthand, you feel it, everything snaps back into alignment. You feel and remember everything and you just remember that you're coming back to earth for an experience you know to develop yourself to work through say confidence issues or for everybody it's different uh some people might incarnate onto the planet to experience one thing and that just might be how to be a better friend or how to be a great dad because maybe in a previous lifetime they were say an absent parent you know and on their deathbed they realized oh my god i spent my whole life not spending any time with my family or friends and i was just a workaholic or whatever it may be so every person's situation is different and so that whole theme of their that next lifetime for them might just be to say i'm gonna be the best damn dad that i can possibly be and when and when they're laying on their deathbed they're gonna look back and say wow i did it so then, you know, and
1: then you- the, the goal would be say say in that example the person that reincarnates to be a better dad then when they die then their spirit floats and reanimates as some other um, personal progression thing in their next being. Is that, am I understanding that right?
2: Yeah. Essentially uh, taking your last breath on this planet is the first, like closing your eyes on this planet for the last time is opening them the first time in the spirit world, not the first time. But if you ever look at anybody who's had a near death experience, there's tons of videos out there and this all of them explain the same thing that it's, it's a remembrance of home. Just, oh my god like it's it's a nerve-wracking feeling but they they wake up into it's almost like uh popping out of a shell like the way a plant would you pop out back into the spirit world and it's just home all the, all of your friends and family are there um close people you dealt with in other lifetimes will be there present for you you people have described remembering someone that they've never experienced in this lifetime but they're there greeting them uh, when they pass over so all of these kind of things um are present. So when you pass, you're going to go back and you're going to have a life review and you're going to talk about what you want to do for the next time. There You have spirit guides and there's different levels of progression too. There's very advanced souls that are helping everybody with these things to say, okay, well, you want to go this way in life? You want to learn this? Uh, so we'll set up your next lifetime for to shoot and aim for this particular theme and purpose.
0: Like a game and that's why that.
2: I like, <laughs> you know, actually I've used that uh, analogy quite a bit that this <laughs> life is, kind of is like a video game. Um, that the actual, uh, person on the other end of the controller is in the spirit world and we're playing as the character, you know, but it's up to us. We, we come through into this planet with a veil of forget forgetfulness. And we kind of uh, all, the only thing we really have in us is a seed to say that in this lifetime, I want to go this way. We call it a destiny. A lot of people call it destiny or purpose. And it is, but it's more or less like a theme that you want to explore because we still have free will to explore it in any way we want. But your heart will always nudge you into that direction. Like I said, not following that is the internal friction we're all feeling right now. Right. Is that anxiety, that unfulfilling, uh, like a feeling of discontent.
0: Right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I like. I do like the, the reincarnation theory behind it because that's always what I've sort of personally believed about death is that, and if not just to make myself feel better about it, that it's not just black nothingness, right? Like you go in and then, you know, the white light quote unquote is just you going into another lifetime right so like i always attribute like kind of deja vu to maybe something like that right like hey i've really feel like i've seen this before and this has happened before but i can't really explain why right so i mean that lends some credence to that theory right that's that's what i thought about it, yeah exactly right the lady the woman in the red dress (laughs) (laughs) look again
1: Uh, i I don't know that's interesting because i I didn't realize that that you had that that thought, Randy. But it's just again, I'm the skeptic. I guess is is sort of what in our in our dynamic. Because um, I'm I firmly think that it just ends and you become nothing, and that doesn't bother me at all. I don't know. Uh, I understand why it bothers people, but personally, from that perspective, in my thinking, is that. That then incentivizes you to live your best life because if if this is if if you have a finite time on the planet, then you're gonna you're gonna fucking live it. And I've heard people right. say that, well, if it just ends, then why bother? I'm sure that's a perspective, but it I don't necessarily fall into that. Um, but uh, just on the flip, it's just everything is sweeter, better because it's potentially short, you right. know. So I've, I've not like it needed that I needed this to, to be reincarnated or, or or any of that, but maybe that's just my own programming.
2: But like living on this planet for say 60, 70, 80 years is the blink of an eye in the grand scheme of the entire universe oh, of multiverse. Course. Right.
1: Yeah, you no know, the billions
2: that, and, yeah, um, for us to come out of blackness and then to close our eyes into blackness, it, it doesn't make sense. Like if you look at say um say a family that has triplets. You know all three babies born at the same time to the same parents living in the same environment with the same um teachings the same babysitters the same everything why does each child grow up to be completely different each one likes a different color each one has different taste, pers- uh tastes, personality one wants to become a doctor one wants to go become a bmx rider you know they all have a different path that's set up before them you know so uh this is pretty much the grand point of um of spirit council is what i'm doing is uh getting to the reason why you're um not feeling your level of fulfillment that you want to f- feel in life because we're just all of us are kind of walking off the path a little too much and we're seeing it extrapolated out there into the world like there's nothing but if you if you just take a glimpse of the world right now it's kind of chaotic
1: mm-hmm. sure sure yeah well in, in <laughs> today's
2: world of, of yeah. like social
0: media and stuff too right we're people's expectations of what life is supposed to be gets, you know, often out of skew because of what you see in other people's news feeds. And they're always, a lot of people are putting out, you know, fake life. You don't see the down and the dirty of it. You don't see all the shitty moments they have because no one puts that out there. Right. So your, your view gets skewed in that, well, I'm just supposed to be happy all the time. And if I'm not living up to what this person's doing, then like, am I even living right? Right. Right.
1: Yeah, it bleeds into con- the consumerism as well, where right. you're, you're always trying to sell something, you're always trying to buy something, the grass is always greener, and that's toxic, whether or not you're into the spirit spirituality of it, or just the basic notion that we are all, at least at least those of us in, in Canada in general, like especially us in this conversation, we're all a lot better set than the internet mm-hmm. or um, outside media would want us to believe, right? Like it's... Um, that that's not true for everybody, obviously. But um, for for most people that bitch and moan about nothing, um, they could probably <laughs> do to take a little step back. But I want to I want to break down a little bit more. So basically, as far as uh, again, I don't I don't want to be combative or anything, but I right. I'm trying to understand. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anybody who knows me and Chris, we get along really well, and I, and I, I love Chris, but I am curious. So yeah. with the with the spiritual stuff, you're talking about. A lot of notions and um, kind of broad um, ideas, as though they're known facts. And I'm curious why you think that. That's why I asked kind of what what it's based on, kind of what what is what is the, what is the what's the structure behind it. I'm curious how, how you got to these conclusions.
2: Well, I I love the term uh, experience is the best teacher. Right. Sure. So, uh, like I said, um, since I've been I'd say a mid-teenager my mid-teens uh, i've kind of been dealing with these kind of things these uh these feelings of uh just feeling hollow feeling empty and looking for the purpose and reason beyond that so uh for me it's all been been about experience uh, having experiences with meditation actually going and slipping into other realities which, which is pretty mind-blowing. That's something you can't even really explain to people. It's just like the ayahuasca experience. Yeah. You can't really explain something that you've experienced, but um, looking at philosophers from the past, you know, I've been doing a lot of reading, learning, I've uh, immersed myself in the classrooms. I've traveled all the world just to hear people speak. Uh, these kind of things, all these little things have just been breadcrumbs along the way for me to, f- to make the loaf of bread, you know, so right. essentially that's what it's been. So for me, and I, I understand how it uh, can be uh, receive the words I'm saying because it is pretty out there. I mean, I get it. Like I can imagine, like hearing what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Of course. And I, I don't mean
1: to be a dick. If that if that's coming across, it's not at all what I'm trying to be. I'm just no, no, not your not your at
2: all. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the the main thing we can all agree on is that in life, um, we go through a lot of struggles and pain, and we're not really quite sure what it is. You know. So for me, I've experienced a lot of that throughout my life, and heading this direction and working on myself over and over and over again it's been like um if you can kind of t- picture an onion and keep peeling layers off of it you're at the core of it and it, like say one layer of that onion is like belief systems we uh we learned when we were young kids say about uh remember that we talked about the five-star binder you know like watching the commercial seeing the kid with the five-star binder and like hey you want to be cool at school oh, man right. <laughs> you got to have the five-star binder right you know thinking like things like that like okay well I'm not I guess I'm not cool because I don't have it you know like all. I'm just that's just one little example right but little things like that so as you get older you kind of realize that you've been hanging on to like say things like that you know and continuing to peel those layers off to get down to the core of who you really are so all it is is uh it's it's a progression of self-discovery continuing to work on not letting your anxieties just linger and think that this is how life is and I'm going to live this way until the day I die but actually addressing it and saying I don't want to live like this anymore I don't want to live Feeling like I am, I don't belong here. Like feeling that, you know, I'm feeling unfulfilled. That kind of thing, mm-hmm. and just kind of realizing um, a little bit more of the true nature of what reality really is.
1: Yeah, no, that that totally makes sense, and uh, the notion of it is totally positive, and I'm totally in support of that. I'm curious when you when you decided to start pivoting towards this. I mean, you you said it's kind of a lifelong um, journey to get to where you are. Um, did you have experiences with people? like one-on-one that kind of encouraged you to then say, I'm going to do this full time and, uh, you know, help, help more people.
2: Actually my whole life, it's been like this. Uh, It's been, I can't even count the amount of times I've say gone to a grocery store and I'm talking with the cashier and she just tells me her entire life story (laughs) or him or whoever. And they kind of, they, they show me their full uh, hand, all the cards and we have a simple conversation and again, it doesn't always have to be about spiritual um, topics because I've explained this to a lot of other people in the spiritual community that you don't have to tell people about spiritual, like all the lingo we're using right now, all the, you know, like crossing over and the thresholds and all this stuff. I'm just, yeah. we're talking about that now just because of uh, what I'm doing for spirit council. Sure. But the majority of the time, if you genuinely just look at somebody and ask them how they're doing and show interest and care in that, that's really the, the majority of healing that you need to do most of the time everyone just says yeah i'm good but you just have this knowing and a feeling that they're not that good you know they're just telling you that because that's just what we do in a a society we just tell each other yeah i'm good i'm I'm great everything's fine Mm -hmm. but all it takes is a couple more questions and boom it's the floodgates are open so i've had so many experiences like, like this in my life that i just said you know what Like I I loved my job. I I enjoy being an electrician. I enjoy making a fantastic install. It looks great. It's going to last forever. I love that. It's a very rewarding feeling, but at the same time, is that why we're on this planet? Just to continue to work Monday to Friday, 40 hours a week, just kind of rinse and repeat and use that money to just go to Costco and buy some stuff and consume it and go back to work and just, you know, consume, you know what I mean? That whole cycle, of just and I do I want to do this until I'm 65 I might not even make it there yeah you know so right I decided I had this a feeling I feel like I can help I see a lot of people out there in the world needing help and I just said you know what I'm gonna go for it I'm just gonna make the change and I feel I feel great you know like actually like leaving um, well leaving the job yeah. was actually uh was a big step you know yeah. but uh it, 100%, yeah, it's 100 yeah that's a you know that's a big life change but it was on my mind for I would say a solid three years, and I well, said, it "Okay." Never, but- it
1: was never in doubt. Like when I first heard it, I'm like, "Of course he did," because but just like <laughs> just even having a conversation with you, like, like you speaking or mentioning that, having conversations with people that they just unload. I'm I'm a chatty Cathy with most people, but when you and I are talking, I lose track of time. We just shoot the shit, and it's um, it's it's good. It's great. You know, I enjoy it. Um, so you definitely have that effect on people. So I can, when I heard, but we've discussed multiple times where you've talked about, um, you know, why are we working for the man? You know, that type of rhetoric where it's like, we need to be looking after us and moving forward and kind of the the underlying thoughts is sort of like what you're now alluding to or, or, or expanding on. Um, you've kind of always laid those seeds for a while. So I, I wasn't surprised at all that you that you moved on, even though I was a little bit shocked, but I wasn't at the end of the day that surprised
2: (laughs) yeah a lot of people said the same thing i said ah it doesn't really surprise me yeah which is it's kind of cool (laughs) (laughs) because i guess i have kind of talked and like uh hinted about that for a long time and i almost pulled the pin on it last year i almost i almost i got accepted into a a social work program Mm -hmm. and i was to the hour where i needed to respond i was thinking about it and I said, oh, that's too big of a leap of faith to take right now. I'm not going to take that leap yet. Yeah. So I kind of had this checklist of uh, things I wanted to accomplish before I actually quit. So I, I checked all those off and I got to the point where there's nothing left on my list. I'm like, well, what's stopping me now? Yeah. It's like, why not just, right. just do it and actually, you know, go with this idea that's been in my heart for a long time. And just let's just follow it, make it happen and see what comes of it.
1: That's really powerful. Because again, recently, <laughs> we recently inter- inter- interviewed a guy who's now rapping in Vietnam. Uh, from kind of the local area and the same thing he his mom passed away and it was sort of like a you know life is fleeting so why am i not pursuing what i want to do so that's what he's doing and that's that's similar what you're doing and similar what a lot of people do but most of us myself included you know we wax poetic about ah you know this sucks and we want to do this and we might want to try to that someday and uh whether or not you ever ever do it often most people don't so it's, mm-hmm. it's powerful to hear
2: yeah, and it's it's um it's not as scary as you think, like uh because I feel all of us have that within us. Most people you talk to say, "Oh, I want to quit my job, man," and I say, like, "Yeah, you know, I get it. You know, right on, right?" Uh, because it it's not that uh, there's nothing wrong with a job. There's nothing wrong with working. Like I love working. I, I chopped wood all morning today. You know, like I I love staying busy and you know, using your body, right? Um, but just. The amount and the drive of what we're doing it for, like we're continuously working, we're almost slaves to the dollar. Yeah, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're just everything revolves around money. I don't think money's evil. You know, people say money's the root of all evil. I don't think it is. I think it's our obsession over it. You know, the entire world's revolved yeah. around it. Um, Consumerism in general. Yeah, it's just, it's gotten out of hand. It's gotten to the point, like, look at how expensive everything is right now. Like the housing market, people are spending over $100,000 on a house that needs renovations. And you go to buy renovation material, like a two by four right now is $10. (laughs) Yeah. Used to be uh, uh, a hundred
1: bucks. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, everything's gotten so out of hand. Like the inflation has just gotten ridiculous, but we keep working for this dollar. And, uh, I just feel that we're on a turning point in our society. I feel that we're kind of pivoting in a different direction because we have to, I think the game that we've all been playing here for a long time is over. Like analogy I've been using is, um, you know, when you're playing a monopoly with your friends or family yeah. about six of you on the table you're playing monopoly it becomes pretty clear at some point who's the winner yeah you know someone's right. got all the hotels all the properties a stack of cash and uh, you just keep going around the table over and over and over again until they finally have everything <laughs> you know and i feel like in our society it's pretty much like that right now you got about six companies that own everything and the governments just keep pumping out these billion and trillion dollar stimulus packages to keep everybody playing. Here's more money. Here's more money. Let's keep going around the table over and over and over. Never
1: really reaching the people that could use it and that would actually go back into the economy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So I just feel that, uh, you know, to continue, like, like I said, I love work, but just to continue going and doing this for the rest of my life, just to continue making a few bucks, just to kind of contribute into that, uh, it just pretty, came pretty clear. It was pretty evident that uh, I said, well, I'm not enjoying what I'm doing here. I mean, I was, but, you know, yeah. but this was really <laughs> you, calling. Yeah, like, the yeah. voice of this was really loud. Yeah. yeah. Well, like you,
0: you can say- enjoy it, but it's not fulfilling, like you said, right? People yeah. come to you and say they feel hollow or, you know, I was a shell of myself, right? That's kind of – so it's good that, you you know, you listen to that gut you just went with it. Like, even as Red said, right, like, he told me today for the first time, like, an hour before, like, he came to my house drop a camera off, and he's like – Oh yeah, Chris doesn't even work there anymore. He's doing this thing now. I was like, oh, yeah, that checks out. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I've only spoken to you—I mean, a handful of times, right? But I can get that vibe from you right away. That like you're all about like the people and just wanting to help and 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 listen and talk. And I think it's—I think it's cool what you're doing, man. I'm uh, I'm happy for you that you're you're happy doing it and you know yeah. fulfilling something inside yourself. Oh, next, thanks a lot, Randy.
2: That's awesome. We no should talk
1: about how Monopoly wasn't meant to be to show how good monopolies were. It was meant to show how <laughs> bad monopolies were. But then people are like, hey, this is kind of fun. And then it just took off. But like the whole, oh, part, yeah. it was designed to show that monopolies are technically evil and bad for the average person. And oh, yeah. uh, people, uh, of course, we bastardize it and make it our own. And, <laughs> and now we all <laughs> yeah, want people we'll love the so power. Yeah,
2: we all want the power. Um, But it, does, yeah. it doesn't it feel like that? Like extrapolating that absolutely. out into the world? 100%. That uh, it's gotten a point where there's a handful of companies left, and especially with all this COVID business, all the small guys have been wiped out, a yeah. majority of them, and it's just the big guys left. But the stimulus is coming in, so yeah, it, it's, it's a game. It, it's a game that no one wants to play anymore. Well, and it's, like if, yeah, if that was my monopoly over, board, okay. it's okay, it's over. Yeah, you know, we seen it. the winner.
1: We talked about like you know Hawaka White Cloud. You made that you know that film with him where you're in that film, um, and when he was on the show, we talked about you know the billionaires and and the wealth inequality and how it's just getting worse uh-huh. and it it's truly astounding that that so much money and power and and possessions are controlled by so few and it's not changing anytime soon because the powers that be have no incentive to change it um like it, giving tax breaks to these giant corporations in some broken way to claim that oh it's good for the economy because maybe it helps the stock market is total nonsense because Mm -hmm. if you give like say there's a single mom with three kids um living off you know food stamps or welfare or something if you give her a thousand dollars that thousand dollars immediately goes back into the economy if you give jeff bezos a thousand dollars it doesn't even change the number on his on his tax form (laughs) like yeah right on his balance sheet it's it never sees the light of day again because if it did, he wouldn't be worth 180 gajillion, billion, trillion dollars.
2: <laughs> it's ludicrous. It's pretty wild. Like, it, it, imagine if every dollar, say, we didn't exchange a currency in dollars and it was like, say, stones or pebbles. Yeah. You know, can you imagine the mountain that this guy'd right. be sitting on? Have and kind of just someone
1: did that with rice. They basically said they equivalized, I think, one, one piece of rice to was it a hundred dollars or a million dollars? I forget. And he sort of goes by, it might have been a million. And he shows like, one million is this pile, one billion is this, and then he's like Jeff Bezos, and he just literally poured like almost a bag of rice, and it was just mound of yeah. of rice in this in this experiment or in this demonstration, and it's it's truly mind-boggling.
2: See, and like uh, I encourage people to to follow their, their their heart and their dream and become successful, and you know if you make a lot of money along the way, that's great, but there does hit a point where you say, how can this be? so drastically different from yeah. like, if you look extrapolate out to the world and just see how many people are actually suffering mm-hmm. and you have the power to actually do something with it. I think if you have the responsibility or you have the responsibility to do something about it, if you can, I agree. if you've hit mm-hmm. that level Perfect. of uh, yeah. achievement, you know, it has to get out there. Like did you know that indigenous tribes uh, to the land actually looked at hoarding as a mental illness? Uh-huh. If they found, if they found somebody in a tribe was say hoarding like uh, extra rice in their teepee, they wouldn't shun on them, but they would t- treat it as an illness and say, why are, why are you hoarding that? Because don't you see that you keeping that is actually uh, starving everybody else around here? Mm-hmm. And so they would help that person, help them to see that you don't need to hoard. Yeah. You know, you're going to have enough life. Life's going to take care of you, but you can't take away from everybody else here. That's that, 100%. Yeah,
1: that checks out. Randy, we've, we've mentioned it before in past episodes, <clears throat> but again, over time, is there anything that like like Chris going with this the Spirit Council and kind of following your, your gut or your, your instinct. What what do you what do you think would you dive into balls deep if you had uh if you just decided to say, you know, uh dive in?
0: become a pro wrestler, hundred percent. Still that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh, I was ever since I was a kid, it's something I wanted to do and I just I always looked at it as like ah, people are just gonna think I'm fucking stupid, so I never did it, right? And I'm like, yeah. now I look back and I'm like, shit, you know what? Twenty year old me should have just gone for it and just said, screw it, you know, drop the dropped a couple, you know, a couple grand on some wrestling classes and let's just go to town and see where it goes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was always my childhood dream, man. And if I could go back and do it again, that would be what I do. I'm a little old now <laughs> to do it. You know, I got a lot of responsibilities, but. But yeah, if I was, if I could go back and do that again, that would hundred percent be what I would do. No, that's that's great.
2: Well, uh Randy? What was the name your brother, uh, you and your brother had there? Well, me and my brother were going to be the Mennonite Mafia. That's it. Yeah, that's and it. We were
0: going to have the Flot as our finisher. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be perfect. But uh, but yeah, I know that uh, that was always the dream. So yeah, again, if I could go back and do it and, and really fulfill the kid in me, that would be what I would do.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Then there's nothing else that you would like as an adult now knowing that you may be too old to start the the wrestling dream now there's nothing that that tickles your fancy that you might want to get into now
0: um like becoming a dad was a big thing for me um so like that's that's really fulfilled me at this point I mean I'm sure there'll be other things I want to do as I get older but right now that's my focus just being as good a dad as I can be and setting her up for whatever life is going to throw at her so she can follow that dream at 20 years old that I was too stupid to never follow. Right.
1: Yeah. That's
0: weird. not, not stupid. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> but see, but see, you're, you're doing something awesome there. You know, you're extracting a valuable lesson out of uh, your experiences in life. So mm-hmm. you're saying you're, you witnessed, you know, the path you took, you say, okay, well I can do something about that and make a change for my children. Mm-hmm. So you're still extracting something great out of that you know, cuz like i feel like life is constantly presenting us lessons all the time it's up we can choose to look at it as a lesson or not yeah. you could say wow you know what i'm going to extract a little bit of information out of this and i'm going to use it to change my life going forward so i, I still think that's that's an awesome thing well, what happens
1: you. if what happens if this just popped in my head with reincarnation what if there's fewer people being born mm. than people dying do they just become things
2: no, uh well, this, this kind of extrapolates out into the entire multiverse now. Because when you're in mm-hmm. spirit when you're in spirit, uh you can choose to be born on whatever planet you want, whether it be Earth yeah. or any other planet. You know, that's going a little deeper than maybe you kind yeah. of wanted to here, but uh <laughs> right. but it's true. But it's true. Earth isn't the only planet uh with life on it. You know, How we've we've know had that? M- again experience, man. <laughs> and again, and it's hard to explain experiences. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, like I, if I if I could have an internal camera and record everything that's uh, mm. you know, seen, especially during the experiences, yeah. um, then it's. See, uh, it,
0: I do find it funny that when you talk about like doing the ayahuasca trip and people who do that yeah. in general all have a very similar experience between that and I guess like DMT, where they say it feels like you kind of go to a place that's between life and death. And that's a very common experience amongst pretty much everybody that does these things is that it, and and it feels as real as like, if this is, you know, what we're looking at right now with these computer screens, this would be, you know, 8-bit NES. And yeah. that realm is like 1080p HD 8K. Like that's the real shit. And then this is just kind of like, it is what it is. But a lot of people have that, that same thing where they say this, reality isn't actually reality this like that is reality
2: that's precisely it like this actually feels like a uh like you said very low res reality i mean it, we, when you look around it feels very clear but mm-hmm. uh in comparison to what we normally live at uh outside of this lifetime it is beyond real it's it's mm-hmm. it's ultra real and the thing is too when you're there uh, you're living in infinity there's no beginning there's no end there's no uh there's no death, there's no pain, there's no suffering. It's just experience. It's just a presence, it's, it's just your consciousness and it's interaction with every other kind of a, a being out there. Like, There's beings that live in all kinds of different formats, not just a human flesh, like there's beings that live in, I, I believe I, we talked about this on the last episode, of um, if you look at the electromagnetic scale, uh, it goes from very low or long waves to super high waves, like a, a gamma rays. You know what we can visibly see with our eyes out of this big uh, chunk is this. We see a sliver. That's what we can perceive with these things, right? But there's all of this other experience that's out there. You know, we can measure it with the uh, with test equipment, but we can't see it or feel it. But right. it exists. Yeah. You know, and uh, th- that's pretty much um, stepping outside of our threshold when you when you do things like this. And even people who've had near-death experiences. I just seen a story recently of a woman who had a near-death experience and when she came back into her body she was at home she had a stroke or heart attack she went and had this multiverse trip she uh left her body ex- flew around the universe and experienced all kinds of things and when she popped back in her body in the living room um, the FedEx guy came to the door right so she got up she went knocked on the door and she said she was just looking at the guy and she could just see plain as day that he was just a uh he was in his character as the FedEx guy, but she could see that what, why are you playing like this character? This isn't really you. This is just a, <laughs> this is like, again, the video game analogy, you're playing as a FedEx guy. Yeah. You know, right. she said it's it was so surreal to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, it comes down for the experience because yeah. uh, in spirit, you don't get to have any kind of physical, physical experience. So as a soul, when you're floating around out there in the where at home, You say, okay, well, I want to incarnate to have an experience to see what this physical world's all about, and I want to see what having a family's like, and um, or I want to see what it's like to backpack across the world, kind of thing, and do those kind of things. Right. There's really, it's it's individual to everybody, but it's just an experience that you want to have. That's pretty much all it comes down to. Like Reg, let me ask you: um, before uh, you guys started this uh, podcast, how long was it on your mind?
1: Oh, not as long as it should have been. <laughs> <For being honest. laughs> but uh, no, I mean, when we went whole hog, probably um, probably like six-ish months, we started getting uh, the mics together, and, and then we started working on a different show, and then this one just sort of became a thing. It kind of evolved um, out of it. Yeah. Yeah, so probably a handful of months, I would think, Randy, something like that.
2: Oh Yeah, uh, yeah
0: give or take, for sure. I was, I was sort of on the same thing. I would say from when I started listening to podcasts to actually doing it, yeah, it would have been, I would say probably six to eight months prior. So I was oh, like, well, yeah, oh, when I started it. listening
1: to podcasts, was years before. But yeah. When I well, because,
0: and me and Reg were just like, well, we talk for four hours at 1 a.m. in the morning anyway, like <laughs> we used to on MSN <laughs> all the time back in the day, yeah. right? So why not just spew it out into the world? And then we
2: just sort of said, yeah. okay, well, let's just fucking do it. Yeah. That's awesome. The that opportunity presented itself and you just went for it, eh?
1: I guess. I mean, frankly, we kind of built the opportunity because it, I don't know if it was, it never, I don't know if it ever necessarily presented itself or that it um, became a thing without us making it a thing, but yeah, it's, um, it's sort of been that type of,
0: you could say we followed our guts and then decided to do it. Nice. Nice. That's awesome.
1: I never felt that kind of, I mean, I'm, like I said, maybe this is that manifesting itself, but I've, I'm neurotic enough that, that um, I can persevere if I'm, into it, you know what I mean, which is what the podcast has been. And that's, you know, we can push through and, and keep keep going and keep going and grinding and grinding. Um, so maybe that is some gut feeling that I wasn't aware of maybe or something, but um, it never felt like there was that sort of like intuitive, um, you know, dive in sort of experience. Now, if I were to then quit my job and do this full time, then that would be probably more on in line with that type of thing. <laughs>
2: But of all things for you in the world to pick, why why choose a podcast where you're uh continually interacting with other people? What is the draw for you to to speak and interview so many different kinds of people?
1: Well, it's 100% the experiences part of of and that's where I can I can understand the like the whole spiritual interaction thing because my entire life I've I've like when I was a kid I would always want to hang out with the adults and I would always chat with the adults and I've always had kind of I guess a more mature level of I don't know. I always wanted to chat with the adults and, and kind of learn things. I always want to learn things and experience things. And, and if people can tell me their stories, then I can learn from them and move forward. Right. Um, <coughs> which probably falls perfectly into the point you're trying to make. So
2: <laughs> well, the only reason, I, the only reason I ask it because I'm looking at the wall behind you yeah. and it's, you have probably got hundreds of books there. It that just seems so. to me that you're the kind of person who uh, appreciates gathering knowledge from a lot of different kind of people just to see many different perspectives. So it looks like what you're doing with the podcast is exactly that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, it wasn't the plan, but that is what it
2: has become. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But yeah,
1: no, it's, it's been a treat. And and again, we get to interact with people like you doing interesting things that I would never think of. And frankly, I probably don't fully understand. <laughs> if I'm being
2: uh, but see, the thing too, is like, even with myself, um, as you take these steps, a lot of the time you're not showing the full path. Yeah. You're not shown like there's been so many times, like, uh, back in the day, I had this un, I had this dying fear of heights. Like it would just shake me to my core. And I, all of a sudden this idea came out of me say, well, the only way you're going to conquer your fear of heights is if you go skydiving, I'm like, holy smokes. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking about this for weeks, months, years. And I said, well, I don't like the feeling that I'm afraid to even go near a ledge and look down. And it's like, yeah. well, inside is telling me right. go go skydiving. So I finally booked it. I'm shaking, I'm sweating, I'm crying, right? <laughs> <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And I booked it despite all my fears. I just said, okay, well, there's something telling me to go skydiving. So just do it, you know. And so I did it. Right. I jumped out of a plane and when I hit the ground, I had my arms above my head. I'm screaming, yeah, you know, I'm just pumped. Yeah. And next thing I know is, uh, I got the job that I had, and which required you to be at heights all the time. And I may not have gotten that job if I had my fear of heights. Also, yeah. right. you know, like, even with what I'm doing now, um, my heart's telling me to, you know, create the website, you know, put yourself out there, get your name out there, all that kind of stuff. I don't know where the next step will be, you know, uh, it always just becomes clear afterwards. But it's like, we're not going to show you step two, three, four, five, and six. Because If anything, that's only going to scare you. Yeah, that's right. going to make you feel, that's going to make you not do it. So it's like, well, okay, well, I, all I can see in front of me right now is the next step, the next rung on the ladder. It's like, okay, well, just take the, just grab it and hold on and, and, and go for it. Because after doing this for weeks, months, or years, there's going to be something else. That's just the nature of life. Things are always changing, evolving. Nothing stays static in the entire universe. Everything's constantly in a state of growing or decay. And it's just like us, you know, so to stay static is, it's kind of like trying to stand in a river that's flowing behind you. You have to just let go and and flow with it. Right.
1: Do you think some of this ties into your Indigenous heritage, you think?
2: Strongly, actually, like, you know, growing up as a a child, I didn't really have much um, uh, interaction with my Indigenous family. There wasn't much of that there and i feel bad about that and a lot of my family actually has passed away and uh so i've been doing a lot of research a lot of digging went to go do sweats got my spirit name all that kind of stuff and it very much so ties in what'd you do
1: oh <laughs> my name, um i accidentally muted myself <laughs> a glitch, a glitch I in, in, in The glitch yeah. in the matrix <laughs> Registering too much, we got to shut it down. Yeah. I'm overheating. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, the sentinels are trying to get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Eh? Uh, <laughs>
1: but no, that's um. Oh, these are stupid questions. I was I was gonna do find some rapid fire just to do towards the end of this, but before we get into that, um, yeah, I, again, full props to you for, for you know, taking the plunge, moving forward, and and embracing the you know, the intuition, embracing the, the potential, the, I don't know, the opportunity to, to continue moving forward. So kind of what's the, as I, I'm going to look for some of these questions as we go, but give us a rough, what, um, what's the process of uh, specifically of spirit council, the, the business that you are now creating kind of what's the process if people are interested in getting involved?
2: Uh, the process of working with me, man. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you can find me at spiritcouncil.ca. Um, I, develop the website so you can book yourself your, your own time. I've presented all my available hours on there. Okay. So you can find the time, the date you want, uh, um, fill out the information, click book, and you'll be sent a link. Currently, right now, uh, I'm offering it through Zoom. And as uh, soon as this COVID restriction stuff ends, uh, I'm going to be doing in-person sessions. I was actually planning on doing in-person sessions right away, uh, but that's kind of coincided with the, uh, the restrictions. So for now, it'll be online, but eventually, uh, when things get slightly back to normal, we're gonna do in person sessions too. So, nice, fantastic,
1: yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was reading some random like yes or no <laughs> questions. One of them is, Have you ever seen someone wearing tight pants and their butts looking in shape? What What is that question? That's <laughs>
2: bullshit. Um,
1: no, all the power to you. And, and as far as uh, there was something we need to touch on as well that um, a f- listener of the show, Mitchell Buckers, wrote into to us a, a couple weeks ago to touch on some, um, some notes. Basically, he gave us some things that we should talk about. So I wanted to quickly touch on that, especially as someone who is creating something. So maybe this is a clumsy segue. I don't know, but you're creating something. So basically, he asked us about Canadian inventors and sort of... Um, um, let me quickly find it here. Who was one of the greatest inventors who grew up in Canada? What was their invention, and uh, and it moves on from there. So basically, I looked up a list of um, Canadian inventions and inventors. Both of you, we'll, we'll start with start with Chris. Name uh, is there anything big that you know of that was invented by Canadians and uh, and made perhaps who invented it?
2: Uh, I remember watching those Canadian heritage commercials as a, as a <laughs> child. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, were you thinking basketball?
0: yep <laughs> that is definitely yeah you were right
2: eh? <laughs> remember <laughs> it was like the little uh wooden basket and they yeah, went out the to go with a broom or whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah to pop it out yeah. that's the first thing that popped in my head
1: no that's a good one that's a good one, randy what comes to your head first thing
0: oh invented in canada um i don't think about things invented in canada often enough <laughs> clearly because my that's brain my, my brain went to basketball i yeah. was like that's the first one i think of right yeah um i mean Marie Curie didn't really invent anything, but she discovered a lot of great things. Marie Curie? She's from France. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Not. What am I thinking about? Not Marie Curie. There's one thing you I'm thinking about. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um. <laughs> but yeah. Um, That's fair.
1: Well, I'll I'll roll through. I don't, know, through I a don't few know enough about
0: Canadian inventors, clearly.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll roll through a few. And uh, just this for Mitch, thanks for reaching out, buddy. Giving us something to to touch on here. Um. And we've we've hit on some pretty big things as far as Canada goes. First of all. Alexander Graham Bell, technically not Canadian, born in Scotland, but he grew up in Canada. Um, so we can claim his, uh, you know, telephone inventions and telecommunications, that type of stuff. But for
2: actual Canadians... Wait a second. Hmm. Uh, I remember reading an article. Maybe you can look it up and correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, wasn't that uh, the credit for that invention actually postdated to to um, Nikola Tesla?
1: That was... It- uh, wasn't that the... Was it the phone... I know he invented a bunch of stuff that Thomas. Or was Nixon it the first? Stole.
2: Oh yeah, but uh, wasn't there a Canadian on the East Coast sent a signal for the first time over yep. to? I believe it was France. That's one who, of was these that? here. Who, who was that? Who was that person? Is,
1: uh, it's right here down the list. That was wireless radio transmission. His name is Reginald Aubrey Fessenden. He was a prolific inventor. Uh, the first. He was also the first to broadcast on the AM radio band in 1900. Um, But he sent out... He built two two two-way radio transmission towers, one near Boston, the other in Scotland, and issued the first transatlantic radio broadcast in 1906. Hmm. Uh, So he also invented sonar. He held hundreds of patents, including for pagers, television, and X-ray machine, uh, television, solar, wind power. This guy was prolific. With a name like Reginald, you can't go wrong. (laughs) Um, Right on. But uh, yeah, so basically, again... Canada's, we've been pretty prolific. A lot of it, they might technically be British, I don't know, but um, some of the old, old stuff. But basically, Canadians invented the paint roller, which is boring, but kind of interesting. The garbage Practical. bag. Yeah, the garbage bag. The pager. Peanut butter, invented by a Canadian.
0: There you go. Interestingly nice. enough,
1: road lines, which I didn't know was us, but the first Mm. Road lines in the world were painted on a stretch of highway between Ontario and Quebec in 1930. Really? Yeah. People are just madhousing it all over the place, driving on whatever side they wanted, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wonder Very practical. Technically Canadian as well. Um, IMAX is Canadian. The Pacemaker is Canadian. Insulin is likely the biggest one. Mm. Um Dude invented that and saved thousands of lives. Um, Frederick Banting and um, Charles Best, John McLeod, Bertram Collip. So basically, they won the Nobel Prize for it. So they did, uh, and they actually they sold the rights for $1 so that they wouldn't make money off of it, which yeah. is what we want in the world, right?
2: Awesome. That's cool. Yeah.
1: So then um, JavaScript was also developed by Canadian, the electric mm-hmm. wheelchair, the,
2: the snowblower.
1: Yeah. The snowmobile, as well, actually, if I remember correctly, was Canadian. By uh, Bombardier, Bombardier. Oh
0: yeah, that was also uh, a heritage minute. I think was something to do with Bombardier, right. wasn't it?
1: I think you're right. Yep. Um, but yeah, so basically, to Mitch's question, those are some crazy big Canadian inventions, and Canadians need to own our own ability more. You know, we always defer to people in other countries and other cultures and things, and then you know, we we made some some
0: good shit. Yeah, good we're shit. too humble.
1: Yeah, too humble. Be humble. <laughs> That's right. Sit down, be humble. Um, <laughs> and the second part of the question that Mitch sent was, um, what is one of the greatest triumphs in Canadian history? Chris, what do you think, what's What's on your mind as far as Canadian triumphs? Well, interestingly enough, especially as a indigenous individual, this could be complicated,
2: but maybe not. What do you think? Uh, well, I think a two. I think a Terry Fox right away. Ooh, you yeah. know the inspiration that he gave to people around the world, but also the uh, the, uh, Canada the Canada arm on the international mm-hmm. on the oh. international space station. Space yeah, station, yeah, yeah. I think that's a pretty neat uh, accomplishment. You know, even the fact that we're included
1: in the in- international space station is kind of bananas. Like when I first yeah. heard more about it, the fact that Canada is on one of whatever like the six nations that can, can collaborated to build the ISS. I'm like, rah rah
2: us. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, that's cool. Randy, what do you think? What's your, what's the biggest Canadian triumph that comes to mind?
0: Uh, you stole Terry Fox from me that was one of them. <laughs> and it, it's kind of stupid, but I mean, you know, the, the Olympics in 2010 and the golden goal Ooh. and yeah. And, and all that um, I think was as a sports triumph. It's big. I think as a country that was one, we were all watching very closely Sure. And I think, you know, we never really felt as together as a nation for a while at that point until that was happening. Yeah. So I, I think in terms of, you know, it's maybe not a a big like humanitarian kind of thing, but in terms of like a sports thing, I think that would be that would be one of them.
1: Interestingly enough, that's actually part of Mitch's question was whether that's in sports progress and helping our country or other countries make a difference. So you hit the nail on right. the head.
0: And there you go.
1: People scoff at sports a lot. Those that don't like sports, they scoff at sports a lot, but I think it it can't be understated that, that sports is the, a great unifier. Like, if, mm-hmm. if you can be friends with people that you might disagree on about everything, but if you cheer for the same team or you hate the same teams together, there's something unifying about, well, it's tribal, right? It all boils down to right. us and tribes and, and oh, us yeah. versus them and that mentality and stuff, but... Um, you're not big into sports, Chris, are you?
2: Uh, not much. I like to play sports, but, to to watch them, that's not my, uh, never been my thing really. Right. <laughs> I used to be in fantasy uh, football, but that was just, like you said, for the camaraderie, for the, yeah. uh, you know, for the trash talk and all that kind of stuff. That that Showing was the, for me, the, the, the ball, funnest th- part. The
1: ball through the hoop in the eighth inning for the, for the
2: <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. In the fifth period, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah.
1: Okay. So, I mean, I think we answered Mitch's questions fairly well. I mean, Canada's done a lot of things abroad and, and domestically as you know, given a lot of, especially health stuff. We've done quite a lot there. Um, Vimy Ridge, D-Day, that type mm-hmm. of stuff where Canadians were very much involved in, uh, in liberating things and helping people, humanitarian stuff. So, anyway, on to helping people more. Props to you, Chris. I, um, yeah, props to you. I don't know. <laughs> that's where that that's
2: where that point ended. Um <clears throat> Well, thanks a lot, I, man. That's awesome. You bet.
1: You bet. I'm down to go a little bit longer, but I have to pee, so maybe you guys um uh, talk a little bit more
2: about uh spirits and such. I'll be right back. <laughs>
0: spirits and such. Uh, it is no, pretty man, crazy. It, it, for sure it is.
2: But uh, you know, like I said, um it's just been something that uh has been so loud within uh for so many years just to say you have to go for this kind of thing. Right. And uh, I don't know. I think we just overcomplicate it and uh just kind of say, well, what about this? What about that? What is my family going to think? What are my friends going to think? And Right.
0: That, that's often the big driver, right? We don't want to become an outcast amongst our own group of people. And I yeah. think that's always a big fear that stops people from from doing what they want to do, right? Like myself with the wrestling, right? Like, ah, ah, my friends will just make fun of me my family will think I'm stupid, right? So I didn't do it. But I think the less we... And even like for, like I said, for my kid going forward, the less we stigmatize everything and just be, hey, if you want to do that, go for it. I'm 100% behind you. Even if I think it's the weirdest thing in the world, whatever, just go for it. If it makes you happy and that's what you want to do, I'm all down for that. I just want to see people be happy. Um, I'm, I'm super pumped that you're doing this for people and, you know, helping them get through whatever they got to get through because i think that's something that we need more in today's society is more people to talk to and work through our issues and our problems so uh, props to you man i'm i'm so jacked that you decided to do something like this
2: oh it's cool man it's it's pretty sweet too because like i said when i was going through all my stuff i was thinking man like it would be nice to talk to somebody about this stuff but you know Mm. i looked out there and it's like uh it's like, I, I don't really think there was anyone who could relate to what I'm going through. Like, right. If I describe these uh kind of obscure thoughts, because even everything that I'm saying to you guys about uh, the spirit world and all this stuff, I mean, I, I get how that sounds, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't uh, erase the fact that it's been on my mind and, and experiences for this long. Yeah. And also and, I actually that's like
0: something I've thought about for years too. Like you mentioned, like, you know, the ayahuasca stuff and all that. And it, it's always just blown my mind how all the stories, everyone varies to a different degree based on what they need to get out of it. But they all have that same relative thread of this is a whole other reality. This is what it is. And it's the commonality of it among so many different people that, that, different people that have done it is, is always, what's kind of made me go, well, maybe there is something to that.
2: That's the thing too. Like, like I said, uh, these thoughts were pretty prevalent uh, especially in my early 20s uh, just about like feeling like there's something trying to grow inside of me and mm-hmm. burst out of me and it's like this is weird and w- what am i feeling and, and what is all this kind of stuff uh so it's like instead of uh, trying to hide it and you know drink it away or you do drugs to try to mask what it is it's like well i'm gonna try to run with this as best as i can as mm-hmm. scary as and as weird as it feels like uh but Uh, That's why I did so much research into like, say, near-death experiences, um, shaman work, indigenous culture, um, uh, listened to a million testimonials about people's ayahuasca experiences and uh, all of that kind of stuff. Read every philosophy book from the past, you know, uh, all of that kind of stuff. And like I said, you kind of get this overall picture of what's going on with you and what's Mm -hmm. happening, what's, what's trying to birth out of you and just running with it. And just letting it happen, let it let it take its natural course and seeing where it takes you. And so far it's been pretty good.
0: For sure, man. Well, keep keep taking that ball on running, buddy. Run,
1: run, run, <laughs> run, 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 I'm back. Right I'm on, man. Back. In case people didn't know. <laughs> I'm back. Where's your cats? I uh, know oh, they're around. They they ignore me. Wherever cat is, they follow her. So she's oh, yeah, down yeah. here, the cats don't come down here. Not often. Uh, uh anyway. Anyway, so I have uh, – well, first of all, before we – I don't know how much time you have, Chris, but um, what we just touched on UFOs in the last episode that we just recorded before you. Curious, yeah. I remember you mentioning you had a big UFO story. Are you allowed to talk about that yet or no?
2: <clears throat> well, you know what? Um, I talk about it in the film that's uh, coming out, but I'm not quite sure where that's at.
1: It's stuck in production uh. hell right now, apparently. <laughs> Hawaka was telling me that it's – APTN has the has – the the rights to it, and they've sort of he doesn't even know when and if it'll ever be released. So,
2: really, yeah, yeah. Well, we can talk about my experience if uh, yeah. if you guys want to hear, sure. Okay, so actually, this ties in very, very much so with uh, my journey. Um, this was on the day Ashley and I went out to uh, the White Shell to go uh, uh, get our engagement photos done. Okay, so we spent all day out in the White Shell and uh. It started to rain so we left there at about seven o'clock and we started coming back coming back in highway 15 on dugald and uh so we hit the perimeter it's probably about nine maybe a little quarter after nine ish uh we're coming in from the east heading into the city down Dougald. and in the distance i see this glowing pulsing red light not just on off but it was like a slow on slow off uh kind of coming on and off up in the sky ahead I didn't think anything of it because I thought it was like a cell phone tower at the top of the tower there. And so we're coming down Dougal now. Uh, We're kind of by the Timmy's area there Mm -hmm. on Dougal. And uh, I'm driving and then that light was out of my memory. I just kind of looked over to my right and I didn't see any cell phone towers. So then I was like, well, what what was that light? So uh, we were driving our Mazda and there's a sunroof. I look up and what i seen maybe slam on the brakes immediately i didn't even look who was behind me i just slammed going 70 just you know pulled over immediately jumped out of the car i look up and what am i looking at like super low to the ground i'm telling you like i've been saying if i had a baseball and baseball bat i might be able to hit it that's how close it was right it was this massive black triangle huge black triangle With this red glowing light in the center of it but it was floating you know like this Hmm. all black uh like a kind of like a heartbeat going on and off in the center of it bluish green lights on either side and i'm just my jaws on the floor i'm staring at this thing it's so low to the ground and it's huge like it's huge so i'm staring and then all of a sudden it goes from not moving at all to very slowly starts moving back east, the direction we just came from. Right. Ashley has her head over the car. She's seeing it too, which I needed that as validation. But I'm not, <laughs> but I'm not losing it, right? And uh, so we're both looking at this thing. And now it's going back over top, not right over Dougald. If this was the street, it would be up over here, over top of the businesses on the north side of Dougald, heading eastbound back towards the White Shell. Uh, so I'm watching it it's going farther and farther away I jump back in the Mazda floor to the intersection now I'm going back uh, towards the east chasing this thing and I'm doing probably 120 130 on Google the, the speed limits there are 70 and it goes down to 50 yeah. and I'm flying there's a cop station right there too
0: yeah
2: and I'm just cruising and I'm we're looking at this thing and all of a sudden uh, the triangle slowly started to go up and up and up into space and we just pulled over and watched this red light uh, fade away until it looked like a star. And we we just sat in the car for probably five minutes of just silence. We didn't look at each other; we're just looking through the windshield, just in awe. Yeah. And I finally, the first thing I said was, "Okay, let's rule it out. What was that? Was it a helicopter? No. Was it a yeah. plane? No. Was it this? Was it that? Was it a balloon? No, 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 no." And we just said, well, we can't identify it. No idea what this thing is. So we drove home in silence, just kind of thinking about it. And this was the interesting part was kind of, I was going through all my stuff. This was in 2015, October 4th. Uh, We were going, I was kind of going through all a bunch of stuff at that time. And after I seen that craft, the very next morning, I woke up with this idea that I should start learning to meditate. That never crossed my mind before. I never thought about meditation. And so I looked it up and that morning, I, the very next morning, I booked myself a, a consultation to learn how to meditate. And it just came out of nowhere. It was just I kind of I tie those things together because uh, that very it was like a couple weekends later, I went and learned how to meditate and I started having these amazing experiences. So I see that as kind of like a trigger pivot point in my life that kind of spawned me to go down this direction. And from that meditation. I got into all kinds of other different healing modalities of just a constant learning about myself, learning what a, the, the nature of our reality, piecing all these things together, continuing to peel off the layers of that onion, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so uh, it was actually in December of 2015 when I decided to actually report this UFO. I didn't it didn't cross my mind till then. So I said, uh, okay, you know what? I'm going to submit, there's, it's called the uh, MUFON. Have you ever heard of this? Mutual UFO Network of Canada? No, no, no. It's kind of just like a kind of a database where you can submit your story, the time, all of these different things, the events. They ask you a lot of questions like, if you were to hold a, a basketball at arm's length, would the basketball cover the craft or would, could you mm-hmm. still see the craft? Just to right. determine things like that. So I submitted it and pretty much a week later i got a call from an investigator and he was asking me all kinds of questions he interviewed me he interviewed ashley uh he said our sighting coincided with another sighting that happened in quebec around the same time um then interesting enough uh in 2016 my dad seen an article in the uh, winnipeg sun and our story was the most interesting case of 2015. the most interesting uh ufo story of canada wow Because I left as much detail as I could, the exact time, um, all that kind of stuff. So that was pretty cool. And then after that, that's when a couple filmmakers reached out to us to 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 get that ball rolling. But it ended. It didn't end up happening until uh, until uh, we got this latest project going.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I'm reading up. There's a a Wikipedia page called Black Triangle UFO, and uh,
2: there's TR three B. Um. Probably that sounds right. TFR three D. There was a mass sighting in Belgium of the yeah. black triangles, and the yeah. biggest one was in 1997, the Phoenix Lights. Yeah, uh, right. right over top of Phoenix, Arizona. There was a people were saying it was like two to three miles wide. Huh. Uh, even even the governor is, I believe his name was Fife Symington. The governor of Arizona was uh, in his backyard barbecuing, and he seen this thing, two to three mile wide triangle, going over top of Phoenix. <laughs> everybody's seen it everybody hmm. it, it was dark outside and people said it got darker it blocked out the stars people yeah. looked up and it was one of those just mass sighting moments and it, it it traveled for a long long time and thousands tens of thousands of people seen this thing yeah that's
0: a very very famous one
1: yeah yeah a, again one of those things that i've never seen um not that I knowingly did it or not, but it's it's always interesting to hear people that have, especially in Winnipeg. And when you hear stuff mm-hmm. like that, it's like, oh, it's in Arkansas or something. And then it's like, man, eh, it's easy to dismiss. But, yeah. Uh, shit's wild, man. Right. Yeah.
2: And world. like I said, uh, I'm happy Ashley's seen it too. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I would have went home and said, what? Okay. Did I see it? I could have easily have written this thing off. And I think that probably a lot of people do. Like, if say, especially people who are by themselves see something incredible like that. They may not report it for sure. Oh, for sure. Like uh, the Falcon Lake incident uh, was it 1967 and Falcon Lake, broad daylight. There, uh, I forget the guy's name, but he was uh, prospecting for gold. He was marking out his area and two crafts landed. Um, I think we've talked about this on the show before. I think we did
0: last time. It, it sounds very familiar. Uh, yes, yeah, Dan michelik michael that's the guy's that guy's dad yeah it's like the most like famous famous one in uh canadian history i think they say yeah
1: stefan michelik was treated at a hospital for burns to his chest and stomach that later turned into raised sores on a grid-like
2: pattern right yeah like he said he's seen inscriptions and all kinds of different markings on this silver disc and then he went and touched it in one area yeah and all of a sudden it blasted him his shirt caught fire and he went flying back and then yeah he had those like it was like a yeah like he said a grid pattern and markings on his chest and even um the canadian mint minted a coin in 2017 to mark the 50th anniversary of it it was like an oblong shaped coin and it showed a ufo and it was glow in the dark it was pretty co- neat and it shows uh what was his name Mit- mitchell S- stefan stefan Mi- Stephen. Michel- he's, Michel- he's laying down and kind of like the uh, ufo was kind of like beaming him up kind of thing that's cool huh. yeah it was pretty neat.
0: Yeah. I've only really had like one experience that made me question it. I didn't really talked about it before, but I was driving home. It was probably about one 30 or two in the morning. I don't remember where I was. I think I was coming home from Steinbeck and I was coming into Bothwell. So I'm going down the highway and we're like in the middle of the back road, right? There's, there's just a single highway going to New Bothwell and I'm going down and there's these a set of bright lights right behind me. And I, it could, it just could have very well easily been a car. Maybe I'm crazy, but, it was a super, super, like, the brightest lights I've probably ever seen in a car. You know, you get those people to put the LEDs in, and they're just, like, insanely bright as is. Probably two to three times brighter than that. And it was coming up behind me, and it kept getting closer because I kept going, what? Like, why is this guy's lights so bright? What the hell? And I was like, okay, whatever. So I went for another two minutes, and the lights were still there. And I went down to pick up my phone. because I was going to take a picture because I was like, this is super bright. Like, I don't know what this is. And I went from the second I went to grab my phone and look up the lights were gone. There was no turn nearby. And if there was like, they would have had to slow down because I was doing about 110, 115. And I'm like, there's no turn nearby. The only one is probably half a mile back. I'm like, so from the time I went down to pick up my phone and go like this, just to take a picture, like there's no way anybody could have turned. So to this day, I don't know what it is. And I've never really told anybody that, but I was like, i don't know what i just saw but like that was really fucking weird
2: yeah one of those strange occurrences where you have no idea how to explain it well that's to say right i'm like I said it could have been a car but like like that's a
0: hell of a driver to be
2: able to turn that fast and just and go and there's no and turns no around lights. so yeah no tail did you lights, end up no, getting no, home not. like an hour later or something like that <laughs> no, I, you know? no i had
0: no no time disappearance <laughs> but no i was just like I, no markings don't on your body saw. No, I was up for like an hour after that, just thinking about it. I'm like, man, did I? Did I legitimately just see a UFO? Chris, yeah. you're and gonna want to yeah. listen
1: to the episode right before this one. This
0: one, yes, you two will. Weeks.
1: The one right before. Uh, his his name is Christian, so he's also a Chris. He, uh, oh, yeah. he he has an experience where he has some some time shifty stuff. So you're oh, right on that one. Um, nice, yeah, it's wild. Anyway. I don't know if you, are you guys down for a quick little uh, rapid fire questioning type stuff? I don't know. If-
2: let's let's do it. I'm in.
0: It. Yeah, right. we can go okay. quick. I got till about 3.30.
1: Okay. Boom. We'll do a couple here. Uh, here's the website right there. Some of these are bad. I don't know. I just found this website just now. So <laughs> first off, if a stranger suddenly arrives and kisses you, will you let them?
0: No. No, I'm a married man. Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what if they surprise you and you just,
2: oh, oh shoot. Well, maybe on the cheek, eh? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Sure, okay. Maybe they're um, French. What would Not open mouth.
0: With- <laughs> 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 what, would you
1: do- what would you do with a million dollars? First thing that comes to your mind.
2: Pay off the mortgage.
1: Yeah, good call. Randy?
2: I- I'd be
0: the same. That or pay off my parents' house.
1: We're so we're so old and adulty. <laughs> I had, had that thought recently. I'm like, at what like w- when did we just become adults where we talk about interest rates and grass, you know? Yeah. And it's like normal conversation. Oh, you see that? Oh, instead of- <laughs> Yeah. You know, Ten years
2: different.
0: ago, I'm totally probably buying an elephant, but now I'm paying the mortgage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can still do both. Um,
1: <laughs> let's see here. Do people usually form the wrong idea of you? Uh, Randy, what do you think?
0: I don't think so. No? No, I don't think so. You come off Personally, pretty authentic. Yeah. I feel like I come off as, from what I've heard, I come off as kind and fairly warm, so I think that's accurate. But I've held know. your hand. You're sweaty. You're definitely warm. I know. I'm very warm,
2: absolutely, <laughs> temperature-wise for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about you chris uh it's hard to say because you never really know what someone else is thinking uh but i try to present myself as honestly as i can so whether that scares people frustrates them whatever it may be arouses them arouses yeah, you, know, you know preferably <laughs> <laughs> you know, i don't know human. yeah
1: Oh, that's fair um if it were possible to colonize mars while we're still alive would you go to the colony chris
2: yeah, yeah, I would. I think that'd
0: You're be ready? pretty cool. Re redo the question.
1: If it were possible to colonize Mars while we we're still alive, would you go to the colony?
0: I'd have to really think about it. I I, I probably would, but it would be a family decision.
1: That's fair. Um cat wouldn't let me, but I would go.
2: Um no matter <laughs> Are what. you talking to stay? Uh, sure. I don't know. I
1: haven't thought that far.
0: But I would go. You know,
2: that'd be <laughs> neat because you literally become a pioneer at that point. Yeah, like, Then I mean, to like
0: now, There'd be no return trip, but if you know yeah. what I mean, like if you go
1: there and then uh, have kids, then your kids would need a special Martian passport, wouldn't they? Because they're technically not Earthlings. Theoretically,
0: yeah. Yeah, and their bone um, density would be different, and it'd be yeah. all <laughs> weird.
1: Speaking of which, I think, you guys need to watch Invincible on Amazon Prime right now. It's uh, great. It's it's dark it's and good. gory and adult comic-y, but it's... It's
0: Robert Kirkman, of course it is. It's actually, I don't know who that is, but yes. He created The Walking Dead. Oh, oh yeah. yeah.
1: It's delightful. It's like if Happy Tree Friends met the boys, and it's, um, <laughs> it's quite the Sounds run. like a bloodbath. Anyway, uh, yeah. Watch the first episode <laughs> at least, and then uh, tell me what you think. Anyway, moving on. Um, if you won the lottery, this is inter- interesting to me. If you won the lottery, would you tell your family and friends or keep it to yourself? Chris. Ooh. Yeah, right?
2: I don't know. That changes things, you know? Yeah, I guess I'd tell everybody. But you know what? I think I'd want to have everything, the things I wanted to do, maybe like pay off uh, certain people's mortgages and all that kind of stuff. Get that done first before you make some kind of a big announcement. Yeah. For sure. Randy?
0: Yeah, I would tell my, like my immediate family and my closest friends first. And then dwindle it out from there but very much the same i try to do if i wanted to buy stuff and do whatever pays off people i do that first and then because you do what you're always going to get people who come out of the woodwork hey i knew you 10 years ago for three hours you have some money (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, definitely
1: okay what's um your death row meal what's your your final or final meal randy
0: (sighs) my death row meal um a gourmet cheeseburger prepared by Gordon Ramsey <laughs> with rosemary fries and a Caesar salad.
1: That's good comfort food. I dig it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty it right good. Now. I haven't had lunch. <laughs> Chris, what's your what's your final meal?
2: You know, Ashley makes these wicked porcupine meatballs. Out of uh, real porcupine? Wow. Oh yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh that with maybe like some garlic mashed potatoes. Oh, that's good. There that's you go. I think that'd be yeah, pretty I good. What,
1: I don't know what I'd have. I'm too much of a glutton. Just feed me something. Just don't, don't <laughs> let me don't let me die hungry. Just stuff me I need full to of feed. five boxes K D. Yeah. I need to.
0: feed.
1: <laughs> uh, have you ever witnessed a crime, Randy?
0: Have I witnessed a crime? Yeah. Uh, that I've done myself. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, that would be. Have you ever committed a crime? But yeah. First hand. No, I've. Uh, I've. Don't know if I ever have witnessed a crime,
2: not that I can recall. What about you, Chris? Uh, no, just accidents. Never seen a yeah. crime, right? Just some accidents happen. Yeah,
1: it's fair. No, I've uh, I've seen drug deals, but who hasn't, right?
2: Yeah. Um, well, it's easy to see when you're handing the item <laughs> over. You <laughs> you're know, the one buying it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. This is
1: interesting, especially as a parent, Randy. Do you think white lies are justifiable?
0: Mm, depends. Like, if we're talking about Santa Claus, sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then but, like, I think that's okay. But I, I for the most part, I'm all about being honest with, you know, my family and myself. So I think it depends on the situation. Something like Easter and the Easter Bunny, all that kind of shit, that doesn't bother me. Sure. But, like, you know, when it comes to lying, like, oh, we don't do this because of this, then I don't really think that's good. It's fair. I think open okay. communication is better than lying.
1: Sure. What about you, Chris?
2: Yeah, just try to be open as well. you just as a big much as possible. Just lie all over the place. Yeah, as lie much on. as possible. As much as possible, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair.
1: Um, okay, so we'll, we'll move on. Randy's got to get out of here, so we'll, uh, we'll shut her down. Um, thanks for joining us, Chris. This was last minute but frankly why not it's always always fun to chat with you and uh for sure i I hope that we captured some part of the essence of the the project you're trying to achieve and people listening if again i'm not on that level so i don't know the marketplace but if people listening um, can relate and can can get some benefit then i hope they reach out and and you're just a smashing success
2: (laughs) (laughs) right on cool thanks a lot man
1: yeah. Yeah. So props to you. Um, oh, uh, say the website and social media stuff again.
2: Okay. So you can find me at spiritcouncil.ca. Um, you can book yourself a session right on there. Uh, I created a self-booking tool and uh, you can find me on Facebook as well. Perfect. Perfect. Right. I okay,
1: knew excellent. something was up because when you added me as a friend on Facebook, I'm like, he doesn't have Facebook. So Something's <laughs> going on here. He went to join it, and that's when I saw Spirit Council. I was like, oh, okay,
2: okay. I was like, oh, that's what's going on with this guy." Yeah, yeah, sneaky, <laughs> yeah. I've never been a social media guy, to be honest. I've never really enjoyed uh, it, just that kind of thing. But, but you shouldn't; it's you know, garbage. But uh, you know, you got to connect with people too, right? So mm-hmm.
1: use it for what it's meant to be—in connecting with people and having conversations, not for arguing with family and um, diving into the cesspools.
2: Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> right.
1: Anyway, Chris, thanks again. Um, we'll be sure to share this far and wide and uh, wish you all the best.
2: Right on. Thanks a lot to you two guys. Right on. No you problem. Bet, give one, Have a good day. Right. We'll see you.
1: Bye. Okay. Well, Randy's got to get out of here real quick, so we'll do our quick yes. plugs here. Social media, Two Idiots Podcast, across all the shiz, except Twitter, where Two Idiots Show. Just search us in there, YouTube. You'll find us. We're there.
0: We'll find us. It. Patreon.com slash two podcast. Uh find all our tiers there. And double idiots podcast at gmail.com where you can send us an email or your questions, comments, whatever you want to send to us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then go to uh yeah, patreon.com slash podcast. I don't know, did you say that already? You probably I did, that. yeah, I threw it anyway. It's okay. Three dollars three dollars a month gets you in the door and uh seven dollars gets you into the idiot hall of fame. Hall and, of Fame. Yeah, so join in, in that in that tier of our favorite people.
0: Are, I don't even have it in front of me. Let's see if we can get it, it here. It. I got it. I get it. You, you wing it, and I'll see if you got okay. it. Okay.
1: For, for sure, Mitchell Buck Pierce Buckers, the man yes. that gave us the, the tangent today. Um, Mr. Brian Moore is there, mm-hmm. also delightful. Janet Gooden is in, in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kayla Lundberg, on behalf of her and Jordan Peters. Mm-hmm. Danny Duick, the lovely mother of the show. She birthed mm-hmm. both of us, me spiritually, him physically. Yes. Um, And I'm forgetting somebody. Drew McDonald is in there, too. Big Big Drew.
0: Is that everybody? You you ran the the gamut, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Look
1: at me. this mush in the top of my head. Hot damn. Hot damn. The full bullpen. Anyway, (laughs) um, folks, well, thank you for listening. Uh, Reach out to uh, Spirit Counseling on Facebook and via their website. And, uh, I, I mean, like I said, I'm not there. But I hope that uh, people can get any help that they feel they need. So. 100%. Wonderful. All the best to Chris. All the best to you listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Randy for joining me. Thank you for me to joining Randy. And uh, thank you to everybody for being wonderful, wonderful people.
0: Big thank yous all around. We love you all.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Big kiss. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. Enjoy your day. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.